Good Labor Day weekend, having some fun plans for your friends and family, or just staying home and doing nothing, and that's good too. Uh, hope you're all well. Couple quick things, I'll share a couple quick announcements, uh, and I'll share more about this in the newsletter, but we talked about, uh, you know that building fund back there? We get a lot of questions about that for the building fund, and at one time, when we were raising money for the boiler, we were trying to raise money for the boiler, and then above and beyond for like, because when we did the boiler, we didn't do the controls and things like that. So we set a goal of 100 grand, even though the boiler was like $85,000. And so as funds came in for the boiler, we shown how we accomplished that. But in reality right now, like there's not like, it shows like 80,000, there's not like $80,000 sitting in the bank that we raised. A lot of that was used on the building stuff. So right now we're talking about resetting the building fund and taking that down and not doing a building fund right now, either through the envelopes or online. And then just having one general fund that will take care of building things. And as things come up, we will do a campaign such as that to raise money for new things. Does that make sense? So starting next week, we're going to eliminate the building fund. We're going to reset that campaign. Even though that's been awesome, and I'll talk a little bit about that in the service, that's been awesome how God has provided all of that funding. But I understand how that looks a little misleading to people that are new here. And they're like, hey, we have 100 or 80 some thousand dollars. Well, as God's provided and we spent that money, we just shown what was coming in. So we're talking about resetting the building fund in that regard, okay? Does that make sense? Um, and then as something comes up, we'll show that. That was number one. Uh, number two, we're taking a break from the First Corinthians series for at least a two months because Next week is every 12th, and the week after that, we are starting a new series on this thing called the Bless Rhythms. Now, if anybody's ever studied the, like, the Bless Rhythms, has anybody ever heard of the Bless Rhythms or Bless Practices? It's an acronym, and it's an acronym that we'll talk about, but the whole point of the Bless Rhythms is how we as a church can effectively reach our neighbors, friends, and families. It's a way to just live missionally, and back when we had our elder retreat back in January, that was one of the things we talked about is equipping the church to be more missional. And, and one of that is kicking off a campaign with the Bless Rhythm. So we're going to preach on it and have a series for two months on missional living. And then in our missional communities, we're also going to have scripture that they're going to read for that season as well and objectives and stuff like that. Does that sound good? So today, instead of doing 1 Corinthians or starting that, I thought it'd be fitting to take a break and like Labor Day would be a great time to A, look back at what God has done and celebrate that. And number two, kind of look forward at what's coming up and, and talk a little bit about that. But I think it's so important to look back at what God has done and remember it because I don't know about you, but when God does big things in my life, we oftentimes forget shortly after. Do you guys ever notice that? Like God answers a prayer and you're like, wow, that could only be God that does that. Praise God. And you're on a high for a couple weeks. And then a few months later, it's out of your mind. And then you're struggling in your faith again. And you're like, ah, oh, how can God get me out of this jam? And you forgot about all the times God has came through for you when you needed it the most, right? And so we oftentimes forget. And that's why it says in 1 Chronicles 16, 12, it says something like this so much in Scripture, but Here's one of my favorites. It says this, Remember his marvelous works, which he has done. Remember his wonders. It talked about 
how he, they wanted Israel to like, hey, look at all God's done for you. He parted the Red Sea. He provided manna from heaven. He parted the Jordan Sea, if you remember, as they went into the promised land. Like, he did all these miracles before the people, and in a short period of time, the people forgot all about it. They're like, why, God? Why aren't you helping us? Where are you, God? And uh, it's good for us to look back. And so the first thing I wanted to—we're going to go through a couple of these rather shortly, but the first thing I want to go back on is the I'm in 2020. Who here remembers when we did I'm in 2020 as a church at our old building on Broadway and Mill Iron? Uh, there's the old graphic for it, but when we did that, we had these light bulbs on the wall. And so our goal for I'm in 2020 was a couple fold, but the first is we, had, we wanted to pay off our mortgage. So we said, we, want, we believe God wants us to be debt-free. And so by 2020, like two years, we wanted to pay off our debt, and we wanted to save up money for a new building. Okay, we also talked about a community center, but God directed us away from that. So, but our main two things was paying off our debt and having money for a new building. And so we started I'm in 2020, and it was really through God's power and our participation that that whole goal was accomplished, if you guys remember. So people, like we raised like upwards of like $30,000 to $40,000 during that season. By, remember, each light bulb represented $5,000. And so every time we got a new, every time we got at least $5,000, we screwed in a new light bulb. And so our debt was like $180,000 or something like that. And so but that was our participation in God's power is what came through. So what happened after that? Living Life Church, like right in the middle of this campaign, knocked on our door and said, hey, we really want to buy your building. And so that was in the beginning of 2019. And so we said, well, if this is from God, A, we'll pay off our building and that we'll have money to buy something else. And so if you guys remember, we prayed about it. We came together as a church and prayed about it. And we ended up selling that old building, not the old, our old building, on Broadway and Mill Iron for $300,000 to Living Life Church. And it was awesome, right? Yeah. We were like praising God, like, yes. And number one, we gave them everything down to like the kids' toys. So we gave them everything fully furnished and we left with nothing. Um, and so with that, we saw God's hand move a ton, if you guys remember. And so we had this goal of like, hey, this is our backup plan. And it was to, if you guys remember, it was to move into West Michigan Christian High School for like a season. While, and then, so that was our backup plan. And in the meantime, we were looking for buildings. Like we looked at build, old buildings downtown. We looked all over. We looked at renting buildings. I even called that abandoned strip mall between Sam's Club and Walmart and tr see if we could like rent that space for a couple of years. But that was astronomically expensive. <laughs> like 10 times more than our mortgage was, so it didn't really make sense. And so when it looked the bleakest, I remember West Michigan Christian's principal, uh, Principal Greer, called us and said, hey, we can't have you guys rent this space. And we were still in our old building, but we didn't have anywhere else to go. We didn't, have a, we didn't find a building, and West Michigan Christian said, y'all can't come here because we have some other things going on. And Living Life Church, we already had a signed contract. Like, they were moving in in a couple months. So we were about to be homeless as a church. So we had a prayer meeting at church, and we really sought God. Um, and what was cool is uh, somebody called and said, hey, I think that building behind KFC is for sale. It was it. There was like a for sale sign that was like directing people down the road to another house. <laughs> but I called this church, and I said, hey, are you guys selling your building? The secretary said, no, we're not. And I said, all right, sorry to bother you. And we hung up. 
Two months later, they called me back and said, are, no, maybe it was like four weeks later, because it could have been two months, but it was four weeks later, they said, are, are you guys interested in buying our building or renting? And I said, yeah, how'd you get my number? They're like, well, the secretary talked to our board. We went back to the phone records and looked up your number from the day you called. Like, they, I didn't give them my name, my number, or anything. And so we got partnered with Emmanuel, and we through a lot of conversations, they were getting ready to consolidate and move out of here. But a lot of people that were here saw this building. They were alive when this building was built in the 60s, and they saw it built, and they saw this church in its heyday. And it was really down to a few members. And so, uh, long story short, the end, through God's power and our participation, they sold us this building plus the house next door for $50,000, if you guys remember. So, uh, with that, we not only selling our building paid off our debt, we were able to buy this building and still have, like, a lot of money to put into this building to do things like the screens. Oh, yes, there was uh, me and the, the board member from Emmanuel Lutheran on signing day uh, when we bought this building. And so if you guys remember, that was like 2019, and we moved here, and we really felt that God worked all this out. It wasn't by chance that God did all this, right? And I think it's important we remember that because I think the overarching thing is God wants Jericho Road Church here for a reason now. Does that make sense? I think it's important to realize that because he did all of this. Like, I believe God wants us here. He worked like five different miracles for us to even get this building. Because as you know, like if we were to buy this building for retail, like or I, this building's on the market, we wouldn't even be able to afford it. This building's probably also four times bigger than our last building. <laughs> and God just, and we also wanted to be in the city. Our last building didn't have any neighbors except for a junkyard, which they were friendly, but it was only like two guys working the junkyard. And we never really had many opportunities to minister. We didn't get much foot traffic. And here we get a lot of foot traffic and a lot of opportunities to minister. Um, and last but not least of just things I want us to remember, but um, as we talked about the boiler, we, we knew we needed a boiler ever since we moved in here. They said, this boiler's on its last leg, and it's going to be maybe close to $100,000 to get it replaced. And no, number one, we didn't have the money. We didn't want to go into debt for it, so we started to save money for a new boiler. Um, and we also wanted to get ahead of it because we didn't want it to go out in the middle of winter. Because if it goes out in the middle of winter, with everything going on with part shortages, we probably wouldn't be able to meet here for, like, months because we have to get on their schedule and all these things. So we had a campaign to raise some money and to just go ahead and do the boiler. And we just did it out of faith, knowing that we're going to start this boiler project before we have all the money to complete it. <laughs> Is it faith? Is it dumb? Who knows? I think it's faith. Uh, because we're still debt-free at this point. Um, so we raised money. Remember we did the matching campaign where somebody in the church said, hey, I'll match whatever the church gives up to $20,000. So we told everybody about it. The next Sunday we raised money, and I think we raised an additional $20,000 from that to match the $20,000 grant that somebody did here. So we did that. That raised, the boiler was about 80000 so we had about half. And while the boiler was being done, we realized that we had a couple big safety issues around the church. Number one, those two doors and those two doors did not open, like all the way. So we chained them, and really like one of them didn't work, so that's not even, a, it's a fire hazard. So we spent like seven to $8,000 fixing up those doors to get the hardware replaced, and that was just the hardware and stuff. Um, I don't know if there are a lot of numbers at you, but I think it all adds to the point. So they were, the, 
the boiler company was working on the boiler. We're about like a month out from it being done, and we had a balance of like forty-one or forty-two thousand dollars left, and we did not have the money. Like we had some money, but not enough to cover it. Um, and so I remember we just had an elder meeting, and it was kind of one of those elder meetings where we're like, we looked at the budget, we looked at what's in the bank account, and we just didn't have the money. And so we said, we'll go to the church again. We'll ask. You know, we just. And, we just stopped and prayed and just said, God will take care of this. Uh, God will provide in some way. And I don't know about you, but have you ever been in a situation where you just said, I know God will provide, I don't know how, and you just trusted God that he'll provide. And that's kind of where we were at. And so the next Sunday, we could take this graphic of me and this, this gentleman off, by the way. <laughs> it's not the boiler guy. Uh, um, I'll share that in a second. But we just knew God would provide. So the next Sunday, it was freezing. The boiler wasn't done yet. And so we had blankets in here, and we were cold. And we talked about the boiler fund a little bit. Well, a lady who attended J-Road on vacation a few times, like twice, I met her, and I remember she came. She, they have a cabin here, but they live in Detroit. She visited, and her and her husband have their own church in Detroit. They happened to tune in on the Sunday, we were, they were like, let's just check in on J-Road. They happened to tune in, and we were talking about the boiler and talking about the need we had. And they just so happened to have a large sum of money that they were committing to donate, but they had no idea where to donate it to. And they were, and I kid you not, were praying, asking, God, where do we donate this money? And they turned on this, and we were talking about this need for the boiler. So she emails me right after service and says, uh, how much do you guys need to finish the boiler? And I said, well, we need like 40-some thousand dollars. And she just replied back. She's like, well, we'll put the check in the mail. Please don't tell anybody it was from us. <laughs> and so she, her and her husband effectively paid off all we owed on the mortgage. The week after, we were desperate. And so I think that requires, number one, let's give God the glory and just say amen for that. <laughs> like, that's something that we really can't explain but it's really like at our most desperate time, God came through and just shown that, number one, he wants us here. Um, and that was amazing to see God just, I just took that as a big relief that he wants us here. He wants us here for a reason, and it's not by accident. We're not just aimlessly fumbling our way through this. We're here for a purpose and for a reason. Um, and so just a couple of things about our impact. Since we moved to this building in June of 2019, we are regularly helping homeless people, and I can't really count all the homeless people we've helped because we have a lot of foot traffic, but we've in-depth discipled three homeless guys for a long period of time um, and walked alongside of them. Some we're still walking alongside of, and it's been an awesome ministry simply by just being here. And at any given time in the wintertime, like we could have two to three homeless people here just to get warm. And if they know about it, they tell their friends, and they just sit in the big room and that's why I want to thank you guys also for bringing in stuff for the food pantry. Last Sunday, we had a new, a new guy here who happened to be homeless. And I know Floyd took him up to the food pantry. We were able to help him with the stuff that you guys brought in. So thank you guys so much for that stuff. He was able to leave with a, like a bag full of groceries. And it's a way to bless him, right? And be a, be a thing. So the homeless ministry here has been awesome. We have uh, 40, we've done 43 baptisms since we moved just in this building, which I think is pretty sweet. Um, uh, so me and the neighbor across the street, Pete, um, started the Steel Neighborhood Association, which out of all the city neighborhood associations, we were the only city neighborhood not to have one. 
So the, the city of Mesquite was super excited. So it meets here at J-Road the first Wednesday of every month, and we get about 20 neighbors coming out to just be with us and to talk about neighborhood things. And it's been an awesome ministry. And I think part of the impact here, don't know if it would have been started if we weren't here. Um, we've done four Christmas stores helping over 40 people. Um, and then this coming Sunday will be our 17th every 12th just being here in this location. And so I think those are some really awesome things that in uh, all these things are not bad. Number one, for a church without a parking lot in a church without air conditioning. Amen? <laughs> like, that's why I really want to get a shirt one day that says, like, Jericho Road Church, like, if you are here, you really want to be here. <laughs> You're not coming here for comfort reasons. Because uh, uh, we push you out of your comfort zone and uh, we don't have a parking lot. So it works out. But God wants us here. And I think all this is possible. I know all this is possible through God's power in your participation. Amen? Through God's power in our participation. See, we need to understand that when God works with people throughout the Bible, He just doesn't do things absent from His people. He always uses people to do something big. It is the same with us. Um, he always wants to partner with us to do His will. It's the same with in the Old Testament when Noah built the ark. Did God, could God just have spoke the ark into existence? Absolutely. Could God just held up Noah and his family and saved them? Yes. But it was God's power and Noah's participation. Yeah. David beating Goliath. David still had to step up and face Goliath himself, but it was really God's power that made Goliath fall. Moses leading the people out of Egypt. God could have totally parted the Red Sea, right? And what did he have Moses do? Raise your staff and stand in front of the people. So he, he wants God's people to participate. And so all of these things, 50 almost 50 baptisms in the last three years, including COVID, which is a very odd season where we weren't really doing much during that time, um, is really God's power and your participation. So <clears throat> how can you participate? And this is the last part I want to talk about, is how can we participate in seeing God move, not only here in Muskegon, but wherever we're at, but how can we see, specifically here in this church, in our mission, how can you guys participate to see God's power in Muskegon? And so I'll, I'll bring up a couple of things. Um, number one, before I bring that up, this will require, when you participate in God's mission, we ever see God's part people participate in God's mission, it always requires you guys to get out of your comfort zone. It's always going to require. Whenever God uses you to do something big, it's going to require you to get out of your comfort zone. And it's, it's always going to be. Like, and what is your comfort zone, right? My definition is it's a zone that's comfortable. Right? <laughs> Thank you guys in that area for getting that. That's, that's, that's the most specific definition I can think of. Uh, it's where you're most comfortable. But do you ever realize this? Anything you do meaningful in this side of heaven requires you to just get out of your comfort zone, right? Like, I don't know if you guys know, but Jason back there is, is in uh, LEAD, which is like a Bible college type course work. And yes, give it up for Jason, yes. <clears throat> Jason feels a call to ministry, and so he's in LEAD, and that requires uh, a lot— it's a lot of money. It's a lot of work. 
and it's definitely pushing my, wouldn't you say it's pushing you out of your comfort zone a little bit? Absolutely. Um, and I think that's awesome. And God's using them. And who knows what's going to be next for Jason, you know? It's same with Sharon is doing uh, uh, Empower. And ra- a lot of ladies here have done Empower. So raise your hand if you're a lady here and you've done Empower. A bunch of you have. Empower, you guys would agree, is no joke. It's, it's like seriously like, co- like Bible college. And Sharon is the first uh, woman here to do, uh, is it called level two or, or year two? Engage. So yeah, uh, she's doing engage, which is a second term. And that's, is the, and that's definitely out of your comfort zone, both, right? <laughs> Number one, you're paying money to just do a ton of work. <laughs> yeah, and you get college credits too for the first one. So yeah, um, but I think that's amazing. And who knows how God's going to use her. Um, I already seen God shaping you a little bit through that program, and I think other people have too. But that's getting out of your comfort zone, right? Hey, you're signing up to read <clears throat> 50 books <laughs> and writing 50 papers. Like, why? Because you know... <laughs> it's a good question. Because you know God's calling you to do something bigger, um, and it's important. So for all of us here, this is not an exhaustive list. But specifically for here at J-Road, I'm going to give you guys three ways that you could step out of your comfort zone and participate in God's mission here at J-Road, okay? So I'm going to give you three. The first one is this. And you guys can roll your eyes and say the pastor just wants your money, but the first one is tithing. Tithing is a very important biblical principle that we all need to participate in. And really here, like, it's something that we don't like look, but it's required for our elders and it's required for our staff to all be tithing um, because we believe it's a biblical principle. And I would never ask you guys to, some, to do something that I wouldn't normally do myself. Um, but if you want to know in your faith journey, like what really pushes you out of your comfort zone is dropping that check in the offering plate or in the offering box. That pushes you out of your comfort zone, right? I mean, the first time I began tithing, I was just like, what am I doing? I really had to ask that. Like, why am I doing this? Like, what is required of me? How are, like, and this, it really, like, pushed my faith to reality. When you're saying, God, I'm trusting you to take care of my needs, so I'm going to put a portion of what you blessed me with, trusting that you'll give it back. And that's what it says in Malachi 3.10. is the only time in the Bible where God says, test me. He tells his people to test me, and I believe it's true for today in Malachi 3.10. It says, Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to the, what? Says the Lord of hosts, and see if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you blessings until there is no more need. And so God says, test me in this. It's the only time he says that. And I truly believe that you will never go broke from being too generous. Uh, In my 17 years of being a pastor, I've seen people go broke because of drugs. I've seen people go broke because of alcohol. I've seen people go broke because of gambling. I've never seen somebody go broke because they were generous. And they said, Pastor, I started giving and now I'm homeless. You know, like, I've never seen that. And I believe God takes care of his people. And I've heard story after story here at J-Road of people who saying, you know, like we were one of those people who didn't give anything. We started to give, and I got a promotion at work, like the very next day. Or, you know, like this happened, and I sold this, and it's just awesome. And I think 
God takes care of his people, especially when they're generous. Because every dollar that comes your way, whether it's from your employer, whether it's from a tax return, whether it's a gift from a family member, whether you find it on the side of the road, every dollar that comes your way is given to you by God. Does that make sense? I truly, truly believe that. So when you get that birthday card and you open it up from Nana and it has a hundred bucks in it, that is from the Lord bringing it to you. Like every dollar that comes your way. And look what Jesus said about giving in Luke 6.38. He encouraged people to be generous. And Jesus was quoted in saying, God loves a cheerful what? A giver. Somebody gives. He says, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together, running over. Uh, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you give, it shall be measured to you again. And so he's saying in the measure you give, it's going to give back. And he uses the analogy of grain. Back then, when you have grain, you could fill up a bushel basket full of grain and just give it. Or you could press it down the basket and fill it up to the top, and it's like triple the amount of grain. Does that make sense? And so he's saying that when it's pressed down, you'll see that you cannot outgive God. Amen. He is incredibly generous. He knows your needs, and he will take care of you. And so every time that you put a dollar in the tithe box or give a dollar online, it's planting a seed. No matter how small, we already learned from that with the windows might, no matter how small, it makes a difference for what we're doing here at J-Road. Super big impact. We need as a church to look back on how much God has blessed us because we are a super blessed people. We are taken care of. Food, shelter, clothing are our basic necessities. And I believe all of us here are covered in those areas abundantly, right? We're taken care of. We're blessed people. Number two, serving on Sunday. Um, I think that all of us that are part of J-Road need to find a place to serve on Sunday. Um, And I'm going to share a quick story, and then I'll go on to number three. But um, this past Sunday— we had two ladies that came here from our neighborhood, um, and they had five kids, and they were down in the kids' ministry, and met with them afterwards. They absolutely loved the church, and they, they said they're coming back when they get things straightened out. But they're going through an incredibly, incredibly difficult season. And we could be a place where they can come to. Um, Pete actually invited them here, and he was here with them. And they would not be shy to say, and people here prayed for them, but they were in a very, very difficult season, and they don't have a church home, and they just said they felt so loved here. Number one, their kids were able to go down to J-Road Kids. If you guys don't know about the J-Road Kids Ministry volunteers, they're kind of the backbone of our church. And their kids loved their teachers, and some of you are here, they were their teachers, they loved their teachers and they had a great time, and their kids aren't in church, so they didn't really experience that before, and they felt blessed and loved. The par- because of the J-Road Kids Ministry volunteers, the parents were able to be up here and hear the gospel being preached. Um, and they had uh, the parking lot team, the security team, the greeters team, all of them greet them and help them find their way when they were here. So it was not a chaotic experience, and so that's awesome. They had fresh coffee and lemonade and snacks to eat. So that was a huge blessing that they could just have that and just feel welcomed and loved. And so what I'm saying here 
is that everybody here last Sunday had a role to play in seeing the gospel proclaimed. And this is just one story. But any given Sunday, we may have people here that are hurting and broken and have nowhere else to go. And they have a place where they could drop their kids off. Maybe they don't have any family to take care of their kids like this situation. Where they have no family to take care of their kids and they got their kids taken care of for an hour. And they just tell people a friendly face saying, hey, welcome, glad you're here. What's your name? And talk to them and feel well. So every volunteer had a major role to play. And I want you guys to be a part of what's going on here at J-Road in that regard. And so um, we, we use this, and I think Brian shared it with the hospitality team last week. But it says this, Every little thing we do here at J-Road is expanding the kingdom a little bit at a time. Everything we do here at J-Road is expanding the kingdom of God one tiny inch at a time. And we forget that, and you may say, hey, I'm just making coffee. Well, guess what? Studies show, talk about studies now, that if people have something to hold in their hand, they feel a lot more comfortable. And I don't know about you, but going to a new church is incredibly uncomfortable. So having a snack to grab, coffee to drink is important. Um, And it all is part of it. You know, I'm out here greeting or I'm doing security. Hey, nobody broke in the church today. Nobody caused a ruckus. What am I doing? Well, I know the security guards help people find their way here all the time. I'm not working kids, man. All I did is clean up a few noses and I taught a short lesson. Guys, every little thing you do here, you guys just being here and showing up and sitting in the service is expanding the kingdom a little bit at a time. Why? Because you may not realize it, but that person you said hi to and asked how they're doing needed that. That person that you prayed for, they really needed that, and you were part of that. So there's people here, guys, that need you, every one of us. It's by God's power and your what? And so if ever you're at home and you're feeling like, and again, I know I'm preaching to the choir because I'm preaching to everybody who showed up on Labor Day weekend. So I'm preaching to the choir here. But if, and you guys are the most probably dedicated bunch, if, you know. But what I'm saying is if you're ever at home, like I'm sure I would be if I was just, you know, I was on sabbatical a little bit. On Sunday morning, I was visiting other churches. But if you're ever at home and just feeling like, I don't want to go to church today. I'd rather just stay home. I'm telling God needs you here. In this, unless you were vacationing and spending time with family, that's just fine. But if it's between just sitting at home and being here, God has a plan and a purpose for you here. And every time you step through the door with an attitude of his kingdom, you're gonna, he's going to use you. And so it's good. Like, be here and, and participate. And last but not least, be a part of every 12th. And now these are just three. I know there's so many more ways we can participate, but I want to hit this one home. Um, because the last few every 12th, we have seen, like, of our total Sunday morning attendance leading up to every 12th, we see about 50% that actually come to every 12th. So 50% of our just regular attendees, it's, a, it's like, you know, senior skip day at high school, right? It's like, ah, I'm going to stay away. Um, and I just want to encourage everybody, like, like, come, because God is using us in a big way. Um, every 12th it pushes us out of our comfort zone a little bit. We're going to get pushed out of the comfort of our pew 
in the three songs and a sermon and a song at the end, and it's predict like Sunday morning is predictable, and there's something good about that. Um, there's no kids minute every twelfth. We're required, like we're asked to like have our kids participate in serving. But every twelfth is one of the most Christ-like things we do. I'll say that again. Every twelfth is one of the most Christ-like things we do. We're leaving the comfort of our building and going out to be the church. And with Jesus, very simply, he left the comfort of heaven to come down here in a sin-filled, cursed earth to live with us for 33 years. And so when you think, man, this is a little out of my comfort zone, it was way out of Jesus' comfort zone, I believe. Because <laughs> he was very comfortable in the Father's presence, but he came down here because he was motivated by love. And that's what we're motivated by too, right? We get a chance to participate in this. And also, if you look at Luke chapter 10, Jesus also did his own every 12th. So he had his, his group of disciples, not just 12, but the bigger group, that they were always hanging out and listening to Jesus preach and teach. And he did his own every 12th in Luke 10 when he sent out the 72. Look at this. It says, After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them out two by two, ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go! Exclamation point. I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Take, do not take a purse or a bag or sandals. Apparently he wanted to go barefoot for whatever reason. And do not greet anyone along the road. Now, this passage of sending out the 72 keeps going, but Jesus had his 72, and he said, hey, I'm going to partner you guys up two by two, and you guys are going to go out ahead of me into all these towns, and you're going to heal the sick. You're going to pray for people. You're going to cast out demons. You're going to tell people about the Messiah, and I want you guys to go. And they left. And you've got to think, how much outside of the comfort zone was that? People are like, okay, how much money should we bring? Well, that's the thing. I want you to travel without any money. And if you guys remember in that time period, like, that was, like, unheard of. He's saying, if you have any needs, trust God. Right? Just trust God. He'll provide for it. He goes on to say, if you need a place to stay, somebody will open their house for you. Just trust God. Get out of your comfort zone. And it's good. It's super good. Why is getting out of our comfort zone so good? I have a slide for you. It says this. Outside of our comfort zone is where we grow where we trust God and grow. Outside of our comfort zone is where we trust God and grow. It's never easy. It's never like anybody wants to do it voluntarily. But it's where we start to trust God. And it's where we grow as a, as a Christian. And it's, it's not always easy. It's not always fun. But it's good. And every 12th is just one of those ways. Just one of those ways to be pushed a little bit. So we're having this block party, right? So we're going to be setting up, cooking, and our hope and prayer is, and like our aim is like maybe 30-some people from the neighborhood come to it. And our hope and aim is not that J-Road, whoops, J-Road is over here at this table in a big circle, and then everybody from the neighborhood's over here in this circle, right? That's not what we want to see. We want to see everybody like intermingling together and making space. So if you're, if I'm there and I'm talking with Mike and we're best buddies and talking, and if I see a group of people that nobody's talking to, our relationship could wait, right? And I'm going to go focus on talking to these people. 
Um, but we're going to be cleaning up the neighborhood. We're going to be inviting people. We're going to be setting up the bounce house and other things. And Jackie is going to be doing, uh, Jackie and some others are going to be um, helping the kids serve, as she said, by making friendship bracelets and stuff. And so whether your kids, if you have kids, are going to be making bracelets or they're going to be picking up trash, like bring your children. Bring your children. The last every 12th, um, me and my kids like painted the sign. Like I was not as helpful as I could have been if I was without my kids, right? Me and my three kids probably did less work than I would have done by myself, <laughs> right? But I got to teach these young children a very valuable lesson that we serve Jesus. We serve this park. We went to a park. We painted the sign. And you know what Jonathan, my youngest son, said? And I, he said it unprompted. He said, I think I know what I want to do for my birthday. I want to do every 12th for my birthday. His birthday's in October. I mean, I almost cried. I almost lost it. And I'm like, <laughs> and I was like, well, we'll see if every 12th's on your birthday, but we could definitely serve. And he said, I want to clean that gully behind the church for my birthday. I know, right? I'm like, all right. But it's the fact that he was serving, and he was like, we were painting park benches, and he said, this is what I want to do on my birthday, Dad. I'm like, yes. If we could teach our kids that real church happens out there, and this is like an equipping ground, we've won, right? I also have a cool picture from a few years ago of my uh, son and his three friends. Now, Logan is now like four inches taller, and those are his friends. But they've been picking up trash in this neighborhood since we moved here. It's a safe neighborhood, and it's a good neighborhood. And honestly, they love picking up trash. <laughs> they like, they're like, there's a big piece, there's a big piece. It's awesome, and I go with them, and it's fun. And they pick up trash. We're going to be doing that next Sunday. And so my overarching thing to parents and to grandparents is don't think that your kids are going to be in the way or a burden. Like, they really should be at every, every 12th to, like, instill in them this good work. Um, and so I wanted to encourage you guys with that. So looking at, uh, the worship team come up here for the last song, but looking at next Sunday, we are going to meet here at 11. Uh, you guys are free to sign up. Um, and if you don't sign up and you're still thinking about it, come anyway. Bring friends to serve. We're going to be here at 11. We're going to have coffee. We're going to talk. We're going to go out and serve. And the block party starts at noon to 2. So, if you come at 11 and you want to stay until 2, amen, I'll be here with you doing that too. If you can only stay till like 1 o'clock, that's fine too. But we, you guys are going to stay and eat with us and, you know, we'll have lunch. So, I, I'm asking everybody if they can to stay from 11 to 2. I know last week there's a few different options, but we want everybody to show up at 11. And stay as long as you can. If you got to leave early, no problem. Make sense? Does anybody have questions about that? I will say every 12th at times is a little bit scattered, all right? It's most missions trips and service projects I'm on, a little bit scattered, but we're going to have a place for everybody to serve, all right? So mark your calendars and be there. Um, because I believe that it's not by accident that Jericho Road Church is here in this neighborhood. And these block parties are just one of the ways that we show love and reach out to the neighborhood. So let's pray. God, thank you for your goodness. And uh, God, we know that you are so powerful and we just want to take part in what you're doing. So please use us next Sunday. 
God, we pray that every 12th is a, uh, this block party is awesome. We pray that we get more neighbors than we ever had before and that we are able to feed them and have fun and get to know them. I pray that some of them are able to start coming here to find a, ho- a church home. And those that have a church home, God, I pray that we could just make some friends. God, I pray that we could pray for people and share Jesus with people. I pray that our kids get a burden and excitement for serving and they just love it. So God, uh, we love you and we just sing this last song to you now in Jesus' name, amen.